Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Casey Groomer. Casey is on a mission to help more women shift away from being the boss in their business to leading their companies with passion and purpose. As the founder of She Sweet Boutique, Casey and her team help female founders in retail, e-commerce, and service-oriented businesses create more space in their lives while building businesses that can run themselves. Casey has used her MBA and 20 years of corporate marketing experience to create the entrepreneurial growth formula that empowers female founders and their growing teams to think strategically and make more informed decisions. Casey is the author of the book, A Fresh Wave of Marketing, and host of the Female Founders Breaking Boundaries podcast. When she's not helping women-owned businesses find more time for their passions, she enjoys being a busy mom of three kids in Minnesota, hiking, swimming, boating, binging true crime, and supporting local entrepreneurs as a consultant for the SBA. In today's conversation, Casey and I are talking about how you can become more hands-off with your team and still have your team in business be successful. So this conversation is perfect for those who feel like they are not a good manager of people and want to put a buffer between themselves and the team members they need to grow their business. And for those who enjoy managing your team, but realize that you need to step away from those responsibilities in order to continue being that CEO of your business and not someone stuck in the day-to-day work. And we also talk about your mission and vision and how to make them truly impactful and something that your team members can get behind every day with their work. So let's jump into the conversation. Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing really well. Great. All right. Can you kick off today's conversation by telling everybody who you are and a little bit about your business? Hello, listeners. I'm Casey Gromer. My company is She Sweet Boutique, and I am a fractional integrator by trade. And I always get a lot of questions about what exactly that is. And my one line answer is I run businesses for female founders. So an integrator 
is, is someone who comes in and takes a big picture vision, and they are actually responsible for making sure that those, that vision gets met. And so some of the things we do for our clients are manage their team, do their all of their strategic planning, we manage um, their dashboards, and we hold their people accountable to their part in uh, in accomplishing the vision. And so we work with clients one-on-one, and I also do some consulting. So if you're not ready for hiring a fractional integrator in your business, fractional means part-time, by the way, in case it wasn't clear. So I work with Um, some smaller businesses who have smaller teams who aren't yet ready for like a full-time chief operating officer or something of that nature. So um, we also do consulting so we can hop on quick consulting call. Um, I have CEO days and, and so we're able to work through a lot of stuff in a little amount of time. Yes. I love it. I, I love the concept of an integrator because, you know, there's some people out there that are very much on top of things. They're like, okay, this is what we got to do. This is the steps we got to do to get it. Okay. Now that I have my plan, we're going to walk through it and get everything done. And then there's the other type of business owner that it's like, Ooh, we should do this. We should do that. We should do this. What are your numbers? I have no idea. And it's like, there's benefits of both types of like mindset and running a business, but sometimes you need someone who is going to help you make sense of things, get to the next step, make sure things actually get done and are getting done well. Yes. Actually, those people that have all the ideas and they often are, you know, moving really quickly from one to the next are actually my BFFs and I love them. And I think there's a stigma sometimes around those types of people. They um, sometimes are referred to as scattered or unorganized. And if you really think about the history of the development of like patents and trademarks and like inventions, those are the type of people who are doing really big things in the world. And um, I love that, you know, so sometimes when you're a person like me, an integrator, who's just very linear and analytical, and you're like, gosh, I'm boring. But when you think, uh, when I think of my role in terms of lifting up those creators so that they can create something, then I actually feel a part of something bigger. And I understand that I do have like a really important role. (laughs) And so it kind of makes me feel better about being who I am. Yeah. Like you think about it, like think of the, a lot of the really innovative companies that, that are out there, the ones that are bringing us new technology, new ideas. Typically they have that person who's that ideas person. And then they have that person, like you said, like the chief operating officer, that's like, okay, now we have this idea. We're going to go and execute that idea, get it out into market, make the revenue off of it. While that idea person is going to get the next idea and figuring out where should we move next? Should we try this? Should we not? So yes, like it's the idea person is needed and the integrator person is needed in order for a lot of companies to be truly successful and for there to be fresh ideas out in the market. Exactly. So I've worked with a lot of women in business and there's something that I've kind of noticed. And I know that you get this because you're, you're already talking about it, but um, a lot of times I think there's this like subconscious expectation that if we're going to be a business owner or an entrepreneur, we have to know everything that's happening in our business. We have to be organized. We have to have our hands in all of the things we have to be overlooking our team at all times. And there are a lot of business owners 
entrepreneurs, CEOs out there that are really good at doing that. And they're very successful and that works for them. And that's fine. And I think these um, visionary style creative people who are more scattered or unfocused and, you know, just spending a lot of time in creative land feel like this isn't for me. Business ownership isn't for me because I'm not the right kind of person. I don't have what it takes, you know, whatever that fact may be. And I, you know, I'm standing on this soapbox saying that though that yes, you do have what it takes. There's different styles of leadership. Yours is a style of leadership. Mine is a style of leadership. So we just have to know what our style is so that we can build our business and build our teams around our strengths so that we're putting people in place to support us in the places that we need it most. Yes. I love that. Build the teams around the strengths. Yeah. That is what you really need to do is like focus on the strengths and build the team to fill in the gaps or help really elevate your strengths even farther. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's what, you know, that's what we, so, so like I said, I pair really well with these creative people because I, I live with a lot of them. Actually, I've got very creative family. My husband is very creative. And so, so we work really well at home. And then I bring this to work with me. You know, I noticed that a lot of women, cause I work mainly with women, obviously with a name like she sweet boutique, a lot of women don't really understand how to get to the next level. And they're usually, we find them in this burnout because they're doing things that aren't in their area of expertise. They've grown to resent their companies and what they're doing because they're doing all of these things that don't light them up. And one of the things that I like to tell them is that you actually have a job and you're not doing it. And your job is to come up with ideas and look at the big picture and the vision and the future of the company. Because if you aren't doing that, who is? Nobody's doing that. And if nobody's doing that, you get stagnant. And so it's almost like giving them permission, giving these women permission to um, embrace that as an actual job, as a role, like it is my job to, you know, sit on the beach and take my sketchbook and like dream, right. Then they start to get that passion back in their business, but they have to make sure that there's somebody back at home, making sure that all of the cogs in the wheel are still operating appropriately. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things I want to touch base on around there is sometimes I hear people being like, okay, I, I hate managing people. And the first thing people will tell them is we'll get someone else to manage your team. And they're like, okay, great. I can be 100% hands off with my team. And I'm, I, my advice is no, 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 no. You can't be 100% hands off. You might have someone managing the team, but you still need to know what's going on with the team because you don't need the team running in one direction when you're trying to build a business in another direction. So what is your like advice or um, opinions about that, about people that are like, I can become 100% hands-off with my team. <laughs> so you can become 100% hands-off with your team. You absolutely can, but you can't just step away one day. I mean, it just doesn't work like that. You don't hire somebody and be like, bye, <laughs> we'll see you next year. So what we have to put in place, if we're going to make that happen, because that's kind of the role I play. It's like, you want to leave for a month? we've got you covered. And here's why it's because we have something at she suite, we call a blueprint. 
it's not a new tool. I've just coined it that, but some other companies call it business strategy or a brand strategy or whatever it may be. But it's basically, it's basically turning your company or your business into an actual person. So in order to do that, we have to understand what's important to the company. What is, what are the company's goals, where it's headed? What are its values? Who are our best friends? How do we talk to them? You know, what's our personality? So all of these things, we turn the company into a person so that someone like me and all of the people I'm managing can come in and say, I know exactly who you are. I'm putting myself in the shoes of the company and we are acting on behalf of the company. We are thinking on behalf of the company and we are doing everything in the best interest of the company. So, I mean, there's more to it than that, but that is like the number one thing that when someone's coming to me and saying, I want to step away from the business, but I don't feel like my team knows what they're doing. And that's the first thing we have to do is, is get everybody on the same page. Yes. Yeah. So get everyone on the same page. And then I'm also assuming it's like, okay, so once everyone is on the same page, that integrator is probably reporting out to that business owner of here's what's going on. So that business owner, they might not be day-to-day hands-on, but they're still aware of what is going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I do what's called a same page meeting. And I pulled that out of um, a philosophy called the entrepreneurial operating system. There's a lot of good ideas. If you're a visionary or an integrator, the book Rocket Fuel was really eye-opening for me. And that's by Gina Wickman. So you can go check that out if you want. But yeah, we have a same page meeting and the same page meeting is basically for the business owners, for me to be like, how's it going? What's important to you? What's happening in your life? You know, it's like this reciprocal sharing of information. And the other thing we always have to make sure that we're doing is, is addressing any issues or obstacles that are coming up for the team that, you know, I'm maybe not able to solve and we need some assistance from the business owner to solve. The other thing I forgot to mention, we were talking to the business about the business blueprint is once you have that blueprint, that person is you have to translate that into a plan. So you have some, some tangible ways of how are we bringing this business person, this company, this blueprint, how are we bringing it to life? And that's basically the roadmap for your team so that they know every day when they come to work, I know exactly how I'm contributing and what I'm contributing to um, get the company to closer and closer to this like bigger purpose. Yeah. So everyone's has the pretty much they're going towards that same vision. They're on the same path. So, and they don't need necessarily your direction day to day as the business owner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the business owner, we really, their role in my world, in my fractional integrator world is as the visionary, they're the creative thinkers. So you're coming up with ideas, but you're also the problem solver. So not the everyday problem solver, but the big problem solver. Like, um, for example, if you have a company that is like an e-commerce company and you're running into supply issues, that's kind of a problem. So you have to make some decisions, for example, Like, do I want to change the makeup of my product? Do I want to 
you know, source from somewhere else? Do we want to retire that product? Do we want to introduce a different product? So, you know, like big picture problem solving and making those big decisions usually falls to the visionary. And also like the relationships and the culture, the, the big partnerships and relationships usually fall to that visionary because they're, you're the one that holds that passion about what you're doing. And so you're going out and making connections, you know, all over your community or the country or the world and bringing those back into the business as big ideas. Yes. Yes. Okay. So one of the things that I was just thinking, so we talked about how like there's the visionary and the, the integrator and everything is a good person for them because the fact that it, it's helping take the things that kind of drain them off their plates. They could be focusing on those, those ideas where their strengths are. But what about that, that other group of people that, that we talked about, the ones where, you know, they really are those like kind of more, maybe in a way to put it, like the more buttons up, they're the planners, they're the strategists, they have everything there. Does an integrator and everything, can it help them? Because eventually that person needs to step out of some of that role too and focus on those bigger things. And do you find those people have a harder time letting go? Uh, Absolutely. And in fact, so one of the things that I say, it's not necessarily true, but for people who have a harder time letting go, your growth is going to be a lot slower because you're not focusing on like making big leaps. What you're focusing on is getting things done. And so you're taking a lot smaller steps in a lot longer period of time. The other thing is, is you might be relying on other people for those ideas. Like I'm not an idea generator. And so I, you know, actually seek out people who are idea generators and just brainstorm with them because it helps to spark ideas for me that I don't you know, normally have. And so the people who are more of the CEO style is what I call, you know, the buttoned up people. Um, You can be filling your team. So if I'm going to refer to something called the Colby A, have you um, talked about the Colby A with your audience before? I don't believe so. Okay. So I'm a big personality test type junkie. I've like, I've taken almost all of them. Although I did learn of one the other day, I not heard of, which was weird, but so the Colby A, the, one of the reasons I like it is it isn't really personality based because to me, personality changes from time to time based on your lived experiences. But the Colby A is more of like your innate abilities and it, it rates you on like four pillars. And that is your quick start, which is our idea people. So if you're high in quick start, you're one of those idea people. And then we have um, a follow through pillar and then we have a fact finder pillar. And so people like me are really high on the fact finder. And then the last one is like an implementer, which is you're talking about engineers, like people actually getting their hands dirty in the development, the creation, the engineering, the, you know, the, the production of the thing. And so what I really love about the Colby is that, you know, if I'm a high fact finder, I know that I'm looking for somebody who's higher in visionary or higher in implementer, because those are two of the things I'm terrible at. And so a quick start would be doing the same thing. They're probably looking for somebody that's higher in fact finder and probably also higher in implementer because visionaries are traditionally not good implementers either. Yeah. It's one of those things where I feel like there's so many people when they start hiring for their team and they start trying to, to find people that can do certain things, they rely too much on 
well, I've been doing things, so I need to find someone like me. And I think that's a good thing to look at is no, like sometimes you need to, to balance yourself out. Like if you're this, you need someone who's like this because all of that blends together to make a really successful business. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I like to think, and I'm, I got to say, like to admit that I'm not very good at doing this for myself. I don't know if any of your listeners are in the same way, but I'm not very good at doing it for myself, but it's a lot easier to see for my clients when they're, when they're hiring for a role, we actually want them to hire. So the reason they're hiring is they don't have time, but also they're not that good at it. Let's just be honest. And so they really, you really want to be looking for somebody who's actually better than you in that area. Yes. All right, Casey. So maybe potentially changing things up a little bit, or I'm sure everything is 100% related. So one of the things that you were talking about before we got on this conversation was some of the old ideas of leadership and how they're outdated. Can you tell me more about that? Well, yeah, this, I mean, this goes right back to the idea of the CEO. I mean, this is, this is totally, if you look at corporations, if you look at, you know, entrepreneurship, if you look at business owners, there's this portrayal of a business owner as more of the CEO style. So they are controlling, they are, they're kind of bulldogs, right? And they are buttoned up and they, they are, you know, they have this very like, um, powerful portrayal. And that's where I think that we in business, it's not just women, but we in business get the idea that that's what we need, that those are the traits that we need to be in business. And there isn't anybody out there talking about how you can, I mean, everybody says, oh, build a business that can run without you. I mean, in theory, that is awesome, but it's the in practice, like how do you actually make this work? And then there's a trajectory, right? Like I'm not going to start a business today unless I have like lots of investment funds or something where I can start hiring people, it's not happening. And so that's the end goal. And so the idea is like, understanding that that's where you want to get to and knowing what are the phases and what does that look like? So I have to start out wearing all the hats and then I have to slowly build a team. So who's my next hire? Who's my next hire? Who's my next hire? When is it time to start pulling back and stepping away? And what does that look like? And how does it happen? And who um, am I looking for? What kind of person am I looking for? And what the heck do they do? I mean, that's the biggest question that we get when we're doing calls with potential clients is this all sounds amazing. I have no idea what you would do, right? So you, you, you kind of have to know what pieces are your innate ability or your unique ability and what pieces you want to let go of, or you can let go of, and that you need to let go of. Right. So I have a question around that with the need to let go of. So I was recently talking to a business owner and they're realizing that they feel like they're starting to be, um, the thing that's holding one of their team members back of being able to step into that next level role and being able to do more within the company. But one of the things that's holding them back is that the, the business owner still feels so responsible for the revenue of the company. And I think is kind of really afraid of them making a mistake that is going to cost the business money. So it's that, that kind of fear of like, this is, this is what I'm responsible for. And 
and everything. So how do you help out in that area? Cause it's one of those things that they're aware that they're holding their team back, but they can't get through that roadblock to let go. First I have to say, yeah, that's scary. Like you're handing the reins over to your like baby. Right. And so in our case, we actually come into a business and we have accountability for revenue. So that's scary for me because I'm typically not even an employee of the company. Uh, how we manage that is through a, an accountability process. And so you're not just going to hand over and say, okay, I'm done. Revenue is yours. If you don't hit the goals, we're, you know, we're going up in smoke. So there's two ways to do to approach the accountability. And the first way is you have to understand how the revenue happens. What is it that gets us, what generates revenue in the company? And that's when you create accountability for your team members to make sure that they are focused on and doing the activities that need to get done that contribute to the generation of revenue. And the accountability is part of that job description in our case, because we want to make it very clear that if you join our team, you are going to take responsibility for these things. And that's how we're going to measure you. And then the revenue should come naturally and easily if you, you know, it makes it easier for you to understand is, is it a team issue that we're growing revenue or not growing revenue, or is there an external issue for why we're growing and not growing revenue? And then you also have to be looking at it regularly. You have to be looking at your accountability regularly, whether it's weekly or monthly or quarterly, and you're looking at your revenue regularly. So I wouldn't say it's like a lot, you know, like it's not this like today I'm in charge of revenue and tomorrow I'm not, but building up that accountability to a place where you feel confident that you're like, okay, I'm not scared anymore because I know this team can handle it. We've set ourselves up appropriately and everybody's doing the right thing so that this revenue isn't going to fall flat. Right. And then I assume the same, it would be the same for kind of like the, the post revenue generating activities where it's like, okay, let's make sure this is executed correctly. It's making sure you have all those processes and procedures in place. So the mistakes are less likely to occur. And now let's, let's be honest, like no matter what your process is at some point in time, there will be a mistake because we are human beings, yeah. but having the processes in place and building that up and helping your team realize why it's important to follow these processes and how it helps protect the company. So that way you can feel more comfortable handing things off and knowing that they're not going to screw everything up. Yeah. You know, processes and procedures are incredibly important and I, I haven't really met a single client yet that doesn't understand that it's the actual creating of them and executing them because it's not like you can you know, set somebody behind a computer and they come up with your processes. It's a team effort and everybody has to be involved. Everybody has to buy in and everybody has to participate because most processes are not a one person process. Most processes, um, are, have involvement from either multiple functions in your business or multiple people in your business. And maybe even in some cases, so there's some external forces that are involved in those processes. Yeah. And I say one of the most important things is like, once you start growing your team, it's like, you're only looking at that process from one point of view, you know, just because it's the way you've done it and put it together, doesn't mean it's the most effective way, especially once it's a process that has handoffs. 
Oh, are those handoffs yes. effective? Like, are they getting what they need? Is there back and forth that really doesn't need to be there? So it's knowing that just because a process has worked doesn't mean it's perfect and having that collaborative environment to improve things. Oh, absolutely. In fact, we just had a situation with a client recently where we uh, we have someone new on the team. We have some people on the team that have been here forever. And you have this situation of, well, this is just always how we've done things. Well, yes, but now things have changed and you have, we have additional pieces that we're adding and we have, um, additional, you know, phases that we're adding and we're trying to improve. And so we have to understand that there's more people involved now. And so what needs to happen on this end or what this person needs in order to do their job changes how you do your job. Yes. Yes, exactly. All right, Casey. Okay. So we have this process. We're working through it. We defined it with our team, but those processes really, in order for them to be really effective with the company, I'm sure they have to tie back to once again, like everything that company as a whole, keeping the company moving forward, which has to tie back to your mission and your vision and all those things that you want to achieve inside and outside of your company, besides just earning revenue and being able to pay yourself and your employees. So thinking about companies that have the mission and vision, how does that connect to your team? And what does your team really need to know about your mission and vision? And also, should you be including your team in the creation of their mission and vision? I love that question, uh, especially because one of the things I work on first and foremost, before I do anything with most of my clients is their mission and vision. And we actually change what we, how we talk about them, because I think there's just, you know, mission and vision are very, um, I don't want to say cliche, but I mean, they've been around forever. And I think people have these preconceived notions of what emission and vision is, and it's turned into this like box that gets checked. Um, you know, so, oh, we need to have a mission and vision and our company and our employees and our customers need to know what they are. And so you, you're focused on the wrong thing. You're focused on coming up with the right words and, and, so the way we approach our mission and vision is the first thing that we notice when clients come to us, and I'm using lots of hand gestures right now that you can't see because I'm so passionate about this, but when um, clients come to us, one of the things we recognize is their vision falls just a little bit flat. Like if I read through their vision, I still don't understand what the purpose of the company is. I don't understand exactly where they're headed, and I sure as heck don't know what my part is in getting that business to some sort of future vision. And so we try to get our clients to think about their uh, mission and vision in terms of what's your purpose and what are you going to focus on to get you to that purpose. And specifically, we use this exercise and most of our clients actually need a little prompting in order to get here because what we're doing is we're, we're closing our eyes and we're waving a magic wand and 10 years from now or 20 years from now, whatever, some future point, we are successful. And we want us to look at the world around us, whether that's your own community or if it's your country or if you know it's the world, if it's outer space, I don't know what it is, but what does that tangibly physically look like now? You need to describe to me what you see not feelings, not emotions, not thoughts. And so when we get to these tangible ideas of what the future looks like, then 
that becomes our future vision and people can relate to, oh, I see how this email that I'm sending today is connected to this you know, future state of the world. And an example of that might be, let's say you have an environment, some environment, an environmental business, and you have this vision statement about, you know, inspiring environmental change throughout the world or whatever, you know, that's, you know, very simple, but a lot, that's a lot of what we see. But when we ask what's important to you about that, then we can start to say, Um, we are passing X percent more legislation aimed at reducing carbon emissions. We are, you know, like that's the level of specificity I'm trying to get our clients to, whether that ends up happening in the future or not, we can still track to that. Um, but the more important thing is that we're creating tangibility. I'm not even sure if that's a word but it's a tangible outcome that your team members can relate to. And then they can physically ask themselves if is what I'm doing today, somehow moving us one step closer to getting to that future. Love that. Yes. And it got me thinking in my head, like while you're speaking, I was like, okay, I, I really haven't written a mission or a vision statements or anything for my company, mostly because it kind of goes back to like what you're talking about. I just felt like it was, it was words to put on paper to check a box, but now like listening to you, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I have some ideas of what I think mine could be for that, that tangible item and everything. So now you have me inspired. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the uh, politics aside, I say, but one of the things that I wrote on my purpose statement, what my, what the future looks like is I wrote, hello, Madam President. And I can physically track that. Right. So at some point in the next several years, I would love to see a woman president. And if I do see that, that means that not that I, you know, had not that I was involved in their political campaign or anything like that, but the work that I'm doing is making it easier for women to lead and to become involved in leadership. And, you know, that's the ultimate of leadership in the United States of America. So that helps my team understand that our work is focused on putting women's voices in places that they haven't traditionally been. Yes. I love it. I love it. And yeah, like there's so much that you've shared today that is really going to help. I know a lot of women leaders, I know most of the people that listen to this podcast are, do identify as female. So, you know, you're helping a lot there with everything of encouraging people that just because other people might label you as what you talked about, like scattered doesn't mean you can't be a good, effective business owner. And helping out people like they grow their business and they're, they are that more, uh, controlling person in the business to let go. Cause yeah. at some point you can't do it all. You need to trust other people. You need to give up the reins so you can focus more on those CEO level tasks. So you're definitely doing amazing work to help people grow into being the leaders that they need to be for their business and not just a, a worker in their business. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved something that you said that I, I just want to phrase it another way. Is there, isn't a, I, I don't personally believe that there is a definition of a leader. I believe that anybody can be a good leader as long as we have the tools to work 
with the type of leader that we are so that we can be effective with whatever our personality and our skill set is. Yes, exactly. It's going back and focusing on your strengths and everything. And because we all have the ability to be leaders and be impactful to other people. Yes. All right. Well, we are coming to an end. So, so Casey, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you can visit my website at she-sweetboutique.com. You are also invited to come over and listen to the Female Founders Breaking Boundaries podcast. Um, I'm putting out lots of content that kind of expands on all these topics and ideas that we've been talking about today. And if you are someone who's curious of what style of leader you are, I have a little assessment. It's a really short one put together for you that you can take to help you start to understand more of your leadership style. So you can start stepping into that and you can get that assessment at she-sweetboutique.com backslash team. And that's just for your listeners, Jamie. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. And of course, all those links and everything will be included in the show notes on the growing your team website. So make sure you go check those out. All right, Casey, the last question that I love to ask all my guests, we have all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager or boss that you have had. And can you share with us one thing that made them stand out as a great leader to you? I hands down without even thinking about it. No, this person was one of my managers. I came from uh, United Health Group and one of the managers I had there stood out to me because United Health Group is a very typical corporate organization and, and this particular manager didn't manage the way anyone else managed. He went to bat for his team. He lifted, it, uh, lifted us up and supported us. And his job was not to do anything other than to clear obstacles and to move the path for us to achieve and for us to do our jobs. And I have never felt supported by an, uh, a leader the way I was supported by him. So I'm so thankful for that mentorship. Yes. Yes. Great leaders make a big difference. All right, Casey, thank you so much for everything that you shared today and joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks for having me, Jamie. It was so nice to chat with you. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.